This, the Chad and Cheese podcast, brought to you in partnership with TA Tech. TA Tech, the Association for Talent Acquisition Solutions. Visit tatech.org. Chad, why do recruiters spend money on unqualified or uninterested candidates? Dude, I don't know, because they're recruiters? What in the hell are you talking about in the first place? All right, stay with me here. PPC campaigns mean you're paying per click. And the person who clicks could be qualified or unqualified. You don't know, and you're still going to pay for that click. Hell, man, a subscription model is even worse because you're paying for all of the candidates, not necessarily qualified ones. Bingo. So the answer is current pricing models suck. Duh. So what if you handed over cash for only interested and qualified candidates? Ah. And I'm talking about candidates that are actually qualified. The ones that meet all of your job requirements from years in an industry to specific skills. I gotcha. Now you're talking about uncommon. Bingo. Uncommon is where the model does not suck. And right now, Uncommon only charges $14.95, that's $14.95 per interested and qualified candidate. If you do volume hiring, you'll get bigger discounts. And that's cheap. So yeah, Uncommon is simple. You set your monthly budget and Uncommon only charges you when you get an interested applicant that meets or exceeds your job requirements. And to sweeten the deal, just create your free account and get your first five qualified and interested candidates for free. Just go to Uncommon.co to create your free account. That's U-N-C-O-M-D. M-O-N dot C-O and get those fresh five free peeps with mega skills. <laughs> Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous, dangerous podcast. podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Hey kids, it's the Chad of the Chad and Cheese Podcast, and today we have a special guest, Colin Day, CEO of iSims, founder, stud extraordinaire. <laughs> pump, pump him up before we break him down. That's <laughs> what we have to do. We have to lift him up. Lift them up before yep. we break them down. Colin, uh, give the give the audience a little bit about yourself. For all of those who've been in a corner in the fetal position for the last, what, 20 years, for goodness sakes, tell a little bit about yourself and about iSims. Yeah, sure. Um, so again, yeah, my name is Colin Day, and uh, I'm founder and CEO of iSims. And really, this is this has been uh, my entire career. I, I came out of college. I, I started a job as a recruiter. Um, I was a tech recruiter working uh, at a staffing firm doing a lot of hiring for uh, Bell Labs, which uh, headquarters us in New Jersey. So I was hiring for AT&T and for Lucent, for Telcordia. And uh, the company I was with had built the beginnings. They weren't even calling it an applicant tracking system. They, they called it, uh, th- their name was Comrise. They called it Comrise's Information Management <laughs> System or SIMS. And... Uh, yeah, just sort of figured I, I, I loved recruiting, but my heart was in trying to start a business and wrote all these different business plans and uh, sort of had these these moments of, of eureka where I would be up at night writing a plan thinking it's the greatest thing in the world. And then 
you know, finally get a good night's sleep and wake up and think, you know, what the hell was I, you know, thinking there? There's, there's no way I'm pulling that off. And then I think they typically say the real opportunity is literally staring uh-huh. you in the face. And I mean, quite for me, quite literally, I was waking up and uh, logging into Sims and using it. And uh, that really became the genesis uh, of the idea for, for iSim. So we, we actually bought the rights to that company's software. Uh, we spun it out. We funded it with loans from the parent company, which I say, thank God, always. If we'd gone the VC route, we'd be a, we'd be a tombstone because we had to uh, we had to go through uh-huh. the dot bomb era. And we have been focused on recruiting ever since. Um, and so, you know, started off as just kind of a pure applicant tracking system. Now, what year uh, was that? So we officially sort of spun it out in 99 and then we incorporated yeah. it in 2000. So, uh, yeah. you know, perfect timing, right? Right before everything oh, yeah. blew apart. Uh, <laughs> um, so I had a near death moment in, in the dot bomb, but uh, very thankfully because of the organic, uh, you know, beginnings uh, came out of it and we're stronger for it. And I've been uh, fighting ever since. So did you start out as a client server applicant tracking system or were you always, how, how did it actually work? Because obviously there were the recruit softs of the world where you had to do an installation uh, yeah. on your servers or was it something that people just use the web to, to interface with? And it's funny because that's how we do everything today, but that's not how it started. That's not how it started. So, so you know, the other thing that I think they always say is timing is everything. And uh, man, we, we just nailed the time and we got so lucky on that. Um, but, but to give you a sense of kind of how long we've been around, yeah, no, I mean, we were around in the days of, you know, web hire and, and mm-hmm. uh, um, gosh, Icarian and Recruit Max <laughs> and uh, all these other names. And we were very lucky. Most, most of the existing competitors were having to make that really difficult transition from client mm-hmm. server over to, it wasn't even called SaaS at the time. I mean, I think they were calling it ASP. Yes. Uh, but uh we started pure web and, and i like to think that we even started pure SaaS. um what we were seeing is that as people made the conversion over to like a web format um that basically they you know were still doing what we would call the no-nos of SaaS. so even though it was web delivered they were customizing it they were putting people on different installs of it uh they, yeah, they, yeah. they were put, letting people put it on their own servers and then host it via web um we went in saying we are going to go pure SaaS, literally one code, one version. We will never customize it for anyone. We're going to kind of build for the good of the platform. And if the platform is uh-huh. configurable enough over time, it should be able to service all customers via one code. So I think, you know, you just talk about that moments where you came in. We didn't have to make that hard transition. And then I think we just got the philosophies of SaaS right early. Colin, I'm really curious, and I've always wanted to ask you this, like, the name have tell me about the genesis of it i know i know you use this but it, and a, you had a perfect opportunity to, to brand it something other than iSims. <laughs> have you thought about changing the name over the years has it been a hindrance do you think it's been a positive like just talk about the name for a little bit you haven't been talking to our marketing department have you joel <laughs> uh oh we might have a scoop here I, every, everyone's rebranding. I, I think what we like to say now is if you can make it with the name iSims, you must have a really good product and service. Uh, but uh, um, no, it's a, it, it is a mouthful. I mean, for, for us, again, you know, it, it, it was a name that we inherited as we spun out of a company. 
we rebranded the acronym as kind of Internet Collaborative Information Management Systems. We didn't actually see it at first as just a recruiting application. For for that company, it was more of an ERP because it was a staffing firm. Mm-hmm. So they used it for workflows. So so think of like a service now today, much more of like a workflow management engine. Uh, so we liked having this very generic name, Internet Collaborative Information Management System. Um, versus, you know, all of our competitors were recruit this and hire that, and they all had exactly the same name, which was great. It said what they did. Um, but the irony is, is when they started to diversify and come out with other offerings, I don't know, you, you must remember, every single one of them had to go through a rebrand. Uh, so, you know, recruit something to Leo and recruit Max becoming Verve. And I mean, absolutely everyone had to change their name. Uh, we get asked all the time, you know, hey, would you consider changing the name? It is a bit of a mouthful. Sometimes we have to explain it's not ICMS or it's not ICIMS, it's ICIMS. Uh, but I think at this point, we have gotten to significant enough scale, significant enough brand exposure um, that, that the name is here to, to, to stay. We really think that uh, we'll build a brand around it. Thank God the video game The Sims has uh, sort of faded. That must have been a hard, hard time. For your people. <laughs> <laughs> it was Sims and then, you know, ISIS didn't help for very long under that name too. But uh, yeah. throughout the growth, we've just seen here lately, you've uh, acquired a little company by the name of Text Recruit. So going from back in the days of ASP to jumping forward several, what, about a decade, more than two decades, for goodness sakes, to be able to talk about Text Recruit. So what did that mean to the organization? And what does that mean for the philosophy of ISIMS as you guys move forward? Yeah, that, that, that was a really interesting one. I, I, I think maybe to give it a little bit of background, our, our, our viewpoint was that, um, call it uh, seven, eight, nine years ago, maybe even before that, when ADP bought Virtual Edge, and it was the first time that we saw, okay, Maybe there are going to be companies that aren't just going to try to do recruiting. They're, they're, they're going to try to pull together everything in HR. Our viewpoint was, let's be the contrarian here. We don't want to look like everyone else. Recruiting is just too damn important. It's too hard. You don't want to break it. You don't want to jam it into an HR suite uh, and make it sort of your worst offering. So we stayed focused on recruiting. We kind of built the ATS out to have the CRM so that you could do the passive candidate kind of marketing and sourcing uh, we put the onboarding in to close the transaction. We're actually coming out with an offer management module. So we're trying to make sure that we're always building the core componentry of, of sort of end-to-end recruitment. Um, but along the way, we we realized that, and, and I guess it's just a good thing about our industry, um, we are not it. The average customer uses, God, it can be anywhere from, you know, a dozen to two dozen different tools uh, to get their recruiting job done. So typically they, they sort of fall into sourcing tools where you might, you know, hey, we use Intello, we use LinkedIn, we use CareerBuilder. Um, the screening tools is absolutely enormous. You can have companies, particularly at the enterprise level that are using, you know, two, three, four background checks, different assessments, uh, Watsi tools, video screening tools. Um, and, and, you know, we kept asking ourselves, our customers were saying, guys, you know, we want you to do all of this. When are you going to build it all? And, and I think, uh, you know, just had a moment where you have to take a look at, you know, what did Apple do with the iPhone? What did obviously Benioff do with force.com? 
we do not need to necessarily own it all. We don't need to build it all, but we do need to basically pull it all together in one core platform. So we launched Unify, uh, which was really our sort of version of Force.com for the talent acquisition industry. Um, and literally, we categorized about a thousand companies in the ecosystem. We just went through and figured out what everyone was doing. Um, and we, we, we sort of put them into a periodic table of elements and write, okay, these ones do sourcing and these do screening. And, um, and, and then what we did is built APIs and what's called SDK, software developer kits, and, and really did the hard work over four years of reaching out and saying, guys, we're, we're one of the largest and fastest growing kind of recruitment software providers. Um, and we really want you to build off of our platform so that we can bring everything together that the customer needs in the world of recruitment. And, and really happy to say that, you know, you know, we got 600 different companies integrated in 215 of them have formally gone through this program. I mean, literally writing their products to our APIs now beginning to use our SDKs to build like rich user experiences in the platform. Um, it's a long-winded way of coming to Text Recruit, which was one of the companies that that had done this. Well, I think one of their first customers was actually an iSIMS customer in Cracker Barrel, and uh, they were able to essentially build a tool uh, that that worked really well for that customer. They they built it in our marketplace. They used our APIs. They kind of followed uh, the prescription that we'd set out. And, uh, and then they started killing it and, uh, they were just, mm -hmm. you know, the right player at the right time, which was saying that, you know, the way that candidates want to be communicated with is radically changing. Um, we knew we were very good at, Hey, the recruiter who wants to do the phone call, the recruiter who wants to do email. Um, but candidates now they, they want to be texted and they're much more responsive, uh, to texting, um, they're expanding beyond text, obviously into messaging, you know, Facebook Messenger and WeChat and other, other mediums. And then what was really interesting is they were going even beyond that to a subset of candidates who literally just don't even necessarily want to talk to a human being. Joel Cheeseman. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> they just want to go to a career site and say, hey, I, I, I hope you have a bot. I want to have a discussion with the bot in order to help find jobs and learn about your company and your culture and your benefits before I even get on the phone with a recruiter. Um, so... We were watching them, and that's that was the beauty of the Unify play, is we got to watch them. Uh, they were pretty standalone, so there are some categories in our ecosystem where it's just ultra-competitive. There's just so many background check providers. But Text Recruit was really unique, and we thought, this seems like something that almost belongs like PaaS infrastructure in our Unify program, that, that if we do this right, um, we can build it not just as a product. I mean, it is a great product, but almost as PaaS componentry uh, that can be extended out to any product or to anyone who wants to build a product off of our Unify framework. Colin, tell me about, talk about the decision to buy Text Recruit as opposed to just build a text you know, messaging platform within iSIMS. Sure. Um, so, you know, we do strategic planning every single year. Um, we sit down and we take a look at, I mean, just everything for the business. You know, what markets are we going into? What, 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 what geographies are we going into? Uh, what, what verticals? Obviously, when we get to what product, we try to lay out the product roadmap. And, and I will tell you, and I think it's the good thing about recruiting is, you know, we've been at this for 20 years and I could legitimately say I could probably line up at least another 10 to 20 years of things we would love to build. 
Um, and so it's just always for us going to come down to priorities. Uh, our biggest priority was to, uh, to, to, to really continue both our TA suite and our TA platform. So we wanted to come out uh, with the TA suite. We've been going up market, signing larger and larger companies like now like you know Intuit and Microsoft and Amazon and uh, Sodexo. And um, so making sure that we're building in everything that a very large scale multinational would need. Um, so that was taking a lot of our attention. Coming out with the offer product was taking a lot of attention. And then building in the Unify framework everything that the, the vendors needed to kind of uh, start creating rich experience in our platform. So it was just one of those things that we knew we needed to do it. Um, but it was very hard to try to figure out how to deprioritize anything on our existing list. So a- acquisition just made a lot of sense for us. And uh culture was huge too Mm. we were we were out there we were co-selling with them i mean once we saw how successful they were we we wanted to fuel it and that's part of unify we 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 put marketing resources uh behind these companies that are doing very well sort of selling their wares to our customers so you talked about well, you talked about Microsoft and then it auto just automatically came to me. Microsoft's competition for you guys. I mean, they, they're creating this dynamic 365, uh, including talent, right? But yet Microsoft, from an enterprise standpoint, uses the ISIMS platform, right? They do. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the classic sleeping with the enemy, uh, <laughs> which, which, we've, which we've gotten very comfortable with in this industry. And I, and I just, I think it's, it's the way, you know, obviously software goes, particularly as you play up at the, at the high level. Um, so, yeah, Microsoft is a customer um, and they are obviously working on relaunching Dynamics. Um, our, our viewpoint is we see opportunities there. Um, we really do think as long as we remain really, really good at what we do and, and sort of, you know, above some of the others, then uh, they're typically good opportunities to play in other people's ecosystems or become part of their go to market strategy. Um, I think, you know, honestly, Chad, the, the, the thing that we have the benefit of being around for 20 years is, is we've just seen this play over and over and over, um, where, you know, it was a bunch of point solutions fighting each other to Leo versus Verve versus virtual edge versus iSIMS. Uh, then, you know, ADP launched the first shot. Everyone told us, Hey, you know, you're dead, um, because you just do recruiting. And now this amazing sort of HR payroll company is going to have recruiting. Um, I think we know over time they did not get that right. Monster, uh, when they were, you know, the LinkedIn of the Mm -hmm. industry decided that they were going to build an ATS. Uh, they just could not get it right. Everyone told us we were dead. You know, the number one sourcing tools building an ATS, uh, career builder, uh, bought their way in and everyone thought, okay, another great job boards getting in. That's going to kill everyone. They couldn't get it right. Um, the, the list just goes on and on. I mean, obviously Workday is throwing a product out there. We're not, we're not so sure they're getting Mm -hmm. it right. Um, and, uh, so I, I think it's a long winded way of saying, yes, it's, it's, uh, the advantage is this is an enormous industry. It's a huge spend. Um, and everyone does want to get into it, but you got to focus on it and you got to go deep. Um, You can't just sort of come out with an HR platform and say, hey, we've got a basic kind of post and pray applicant tracking system. Um, And that should be good enough for you to do your job. So what I'm hearing, Colin, is you're not afraid of Google. 
So is is past prologue with Big G? I mean, are they not going to get ATS right? Are they not going to get job search right? Because Chad and I are seeing a ton of reaction in the job board space where Google is clearly making an impact on the jobs side of the house. Are you not seeing that or fearful or see Google as a threat right now on the ATS side? You know, I maybe I'm a little bit of a contrarian here. I, I see Google as a savior. I, I really do. I see I see Google as a potential savior in the industry from from being around in 20 years. There's, there's always been two problems. Uh, number one, candidates say, hey, finding and applying for jobs just sucks. I mean, it just sucks. And you know, sometimes the ATS gets the brunt of that because we're the end of the transaction, but no one wants to talk about like, hey, I started mm-hmm. at Google. Google ignored me. They sent me off to some sort of middleman. I had to sift my way through, find this thing called Indeed, register with Indeed, put in all my data. Then it turned out that the link that Indeed had on a job was a dead link because they'd scraped it off of an ATS a week ago and they hadn't updated it, even though the company had shut that job down. So I went to that career site, started my search again, found another job, and then had to basically start all over because Indeed had all my info, but it wasn't transferred over. and it shouldn't necessarily be trained. It's just a horrible experience. And, and, and so we are fantastically optimistic about what Google for Jobs can do in terms of saying, right, let Google become the world's job boards. Let them, 80% of candidates, is the, I don't know if you guys hear a different stat, but the, the most common I'm hearing is 80% of candidates start at Google. Um, and Behavior. Yeah, it's it's natural behavior and and you know Google just hasn't focused on it. They've they've been thinking about, you know, how do we build smart cards for restaurants and for travel and for shopping. Um I think the fact that they're finally turning their attention to the candidate, the job search, um and getting them directly to jobs is is absolutely fantastic. I I think uh we are very very optimistic. We're working very heavily with them. Um, and, and we see an opportunity to, to do a direct connection of where the candidate starts the search to where they apply into the company. Um, and in my, in my mind, if we can wipe out the middlemen, and I think that's what Google's got a long history of being able to do, um, we are doing something right for the candidate. Well, and what you've seen, or at least tell us a little bit about uh, the actual attribution. So source attribution, you work with a bunch of different job boards, job sites, uh, sourcing sites, so on and so forth. Um, Those sites are really scared uh, what's going to happen with Google for jobs. So there's some, there's some moves that are happening out in, uh, in that land per se, where there's source attribution being stripped in some cases. Is that, is that, is that the case? Yeah, I, I guess I would start off by saying that, um, you, you know, I, I would be afraid if, if I existed anywhere between the Google search and the point of application right now. Um, I, and I would be rethinking my model. Um, it's pretty clear that, you know, when Google came out with this and, and everyone sort of, you know, are you going to embrace it? Are you, are you going to work with Google for jobs? Are you going to get the jobs over to them and indexed and according to the data they need and the timeframes they need, the algorithms they need? Um, if you do, traffic goes up. For us, because we were one step away, you know, right. we had the middlemen in between. It, it spiked heavily. It went up, uh, I think, about 90% uh, the, the, the traffic for us. Um, what we're seeing is that the, the, the middlemen, the boards who sort of sit between the ATS and Google, 
Um, if they're playing nicely with Google, they're going up too, to, to the tune of about 30, uh, 40%. And these are good candidates. These are candidates that, as far as we can see from our data, are a higher quality, which means that, you know, they stay on longer, they do apply, they have a higher application rate. Yeah. Um, what we are seeing is uh, there there are, you know, uh, one or two out there, I think Indeed being the biggest, who's decided not to play well, and, and the traffic has gone down. Um, our data seems to show it's gone down about 30% uh, since since this. So Interesting. Yeah, imagine that, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and then last but not least, I, 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 you know, we're just, we're really interested to see who's doing this. As a middleman, who's opting to work with Google for jobs? Um, there's a short-term spike in traffic, which obviously looks good, but I think you only have to look at Indeed's play. I mean, mm -hmm. when they started as a company, they, they, they sort of had the same thing, which is, hey, Monster Career Builder, everyone else. Let us be an aggregator. We'll get the traffic. We'll win Google SEO. We'll get the Google traffic. We'll sort of sift it over to you. You'll win until we decide not to sift it over to you. <laughs> um, and it just, it seems like Google is is playing uh, Indeed's playbook here. And, and the thing about it is when Indeed was playing their playbook, Monster and Career Builder could have squashed them in a heartbeat. Unfortunately, Indeed, there's no way in hell Indeed's going to be able to squash Google. Um, but that being said, going back to iSIMS and user experience, you guys have actually adopted the Google Jobs API. So the job search, the Google job search within your platform, is that a standard? Is that somebody something that one of your clients has to ask for? How does that work within your platform? And why'd you make the decision? Yeah, so so good question. We're 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 kind of we're treading lightly. We we always believe in kind of crawl, walk, run. But um, so you know, if you if, if, what Google did, I, I don't think anyone realized they they launched three things yeah. all at once, which I think maybe confused the market. Like, okay, Google's in, but what is Google for jobs versus Google Hire, this ATS that they're putting in the G Suite versus uh, mm -hmm. cloud discovery, uh, which seems to be this sort of AI machine learning matching engine. Um, it, it is a very, you know, cool combination, but, but we're having to do a lot of education with our customers that guys, this is in fact, three totally different things. Um, Google for jobs is just going to completely change how people advertise their jobs and how candidates find and apply for your jobs, which we're huge fans of, uh, the cloud discovery, the sort of AI job matching, uh, we also think is very interesting. So if you think about those two problems I was alluding to, the two biggest issues in our industry over the last 20 years, number one, finding and applying for the job sucks. And that's 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 Google for jobs. Number two, the ATS seems to be a bit of a black hole, uh, which means that, you know, thousands of candidates can apply in, but only if you're so lucky to sort of, you know, make it to the next rounds and not get the formal ding letter, um, you sort of feel like, hey, I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, Cloud Discovery has an opportunity to, to kind of do some pretty amazing things for large databases like ATSs and sort of talent CRM systems, which is to, to surface matches much faster and much better. Um, so on one side, yes, when, when candidates come to our career sites, 
Um, we, we want that to be able to be powered by cloud discovery so that, you know, they can get the absolute best matches, no frustration and sort of having to sift through with manual searches looking for the right jobs. Um, but on the flip side, when the recruiters in the ATS and you might be sitting on and, and some of our customers quite literally are sitting on millions of candidates in their applicant tracking system yeah um to be able to have an ai machine learning engine just immediately service up uh some of the some of the more interesting matches that exist in your database is sort of like finding gold that you didn't even know you had so we are big big fans of those two things um you start to think about, you know, as Google comes out with more of this kind of PaaS componentry. So I think they think of that AI machine learning, that cloud discovery as PaaS componentry that can be embedded into software out there. Um, I'm, I'm sure you guys saw the uh, the duplex. The oh, new, yeah. Uh, oh, voice yeah. assistant. Cool. Who was, Sexy. Uh, but if you think about that, there is so much of recruiting, which is very simple calls in. Hey, I'm calling in. I just wanted to know if you got my application. Um, I, I wanted to know if uh, I'm still in consideration. Um, begin to think about some of the really cool things that can be serviced up via uh, some of this kind of AI machine learning paths componentry that they're building. So we're, we're, we're pretty excited. I think the, you know, the, 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 Big question was always great. You know, they've come out with Google Hire, so that that makes it now look like competitive. So instead of these two amazing things that we want to work with, um, they've they've launched out an ATS. In our mindset, um, we see ourselves as in two very very different markets. I think iSIM services the enterprise market. Um, so we go from typically, you know, in a company that can be about 500 employees all the way up to, you know, well north of 100,000 employees. Um, I think Google Hire will be a, 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 a great ATS lower end of the market. Um, put it in the G Suite, people that are very comfortable using sort of docs and sheets and hangouts. Um, but uh, we got a high degree of confidence that getting enterprise recruiting right is a is a huge endeavor um and so we see ourselves as kind of with google hire playing in two different markets colin in most technologies we see commoditization and certainly in, in our industry it's it's been similar even with the job posting market as well um are you seeing that in the ats market um how are you going to combat commoditization what sort of your, your take on that for the future yeah it's it's a tough one you know we've been told for I don't know the better. I, I keep getting told that I'm dying. I, I, I don't know if it's something about me, but uh, for, for twenty for twenty years, I've just people have loved to tell me that you know what 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 I do and what my company does is dying and commoditizing. And uh, is that why you cut out caffeine? Is that why? I, it may be why I cut out caffeine. We'll we'll, we'll see if it helps. But uh, um, no, I, I think at the end of the day, listen, I, I think commoditization is the wrong word. Um, I, the ATS is still fundamental. It is the fundamental building block. You, you cannot exist without an ATS. I'm sorry. I think people can say, hey, I'll just build a talent CRM or whatever. Right. That's not going to be compliant, GDPR compliant. It's, it's not going to interface properly with with kind of the, the job location dynamics of your HCM system. Uh-huh. It's not going to have the EEO, the OFCCP, like all all the regulatory components that you need. So um, the the ATS is certainly not dead. I think I've heard a lot of people want to say it's dead. It is not the sexiest part of recruiting. Recruiting has just moved on. So 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 what you, we sort of believe is, hey, your fundamental building block, despite not being the sexiest part, 
is the ATS. We, we, we say it's for the ABCs of recruiting. It's not, it's not sexy. The ABCs, the automation, the branding, the compliance. You got to put it, you got to put it in for those three reasons. I'm not necessarily building your tombstone, but we're, you know, we're seeing trends where, you know, smart recruiters had a free product forever, then they went paid only and now they're they have sort of a freemium model, uh sort of post Google hire. We see indeed sort of launch their own uh, sort of free ATS. I'm sure LinkedIn as well. I mean, I'm not calling you dead. I'm just yeah. saying like, are you seeing, it, it seems to me like there's pressure on ATSs now to sort of, you know, reduce the pressure, reduce the entry into their product. Um, are you, so you're saying you're simply not seeing that and you're, you're not concerned about that. No, no, I would say I'm, I'm, I'm seeing it, Joel. Uh, so, so definitely, but, but I think that pressure, believe it or not, has come from the HCM industry. That came a long time ago when ADP bought Virtual Edge and started throwing it in their bag. Um, that, 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 that then came when Ultimate built a, a very basic ATS and threw it in their bag, when Workday built a basic ATS and threw it in their bag, when Oracle acquired Taleo. Um, kind of threw out the pricing sheet and said, hey, you can take it down to zero as long as we're getting, you know, some of the surround services from Oracle. Um, so the, the ATS became sort of the, the, the punching man. Um, and, and that is why we diversified. Um, so it's not dead. You have to have it. It's just you can get it from, you know, low cost from just about anywhere. Um, so, so obviously that's where we focus on, well, guys, our TA suite has the CRM, it has the offer management, it has the onboarding, it has the entire ecosystem so that literally you'll never have to worry about integrations with background providers, assessment providers, video providers. Um, we've, we've done all that hard work. So I think it's just forced us to say that the value and the innovation doesn't necessarily lie in the ATS. But what I will tell you, Joel, is um, these, these free ATSs or these ATSs that are getting thrown in by HCM systems, there is no other way to tell you. They are just bad. They're just <laughs> bad systems. They just suck. I, yeah. I, I, heard, I heard the boo. I thought I'd get a cheer for that. Uh, <laughs> oh, but, well, uh, I was booing them. All right, I'll cheer you. That's all right. Yeah, yeah, for your comment it. and for them, the boo. All right. They, you know, so you can say, hey, you can get, you can get a low cost or a free or a freemium, but you're going to get what you pay for. And so the question is, do you value recruiting? Um, and, and, and so what we see is the entire market has bifurcated into two. Um, if you value recruiting, and, and it's quite obvious when we're meeting with customers and they say, hey, we're growing rapidly, getting talent's the hardest thing, we've got to do it, then they tend to go best in breed and they, they will choose a sort of full TA suite. If they don't value recruiting, then they're either going to go to this kind of free one coming out of their HCM provider or, or really out of their payroll provider or anyone else out there. So our, our viewpoint is we're, we're building the best tools for people who value recruiting. Um, but that is not the entire marketplace. There are those who just don't. So when we start talking about some of the, the sexy things that are happening out there, obviously going out and buying text recruit, that was sexy. Um, we're seeing, uh, obviously, finally, companies starting to focus on their applicant tracking system database and being able to mine that in a very smart way, obviously, because companies have spent millions of dollars on creating this database that is just withering away. My question to you, knowing that yep. Google hire 
now is using the, I think they're calling it the, the Google candidate discovery kind of uh, process. Yep. N- that's going to turn into an API, much like the jobs uh, API did. Are you working with Google or are you in the early kind of stages of working with Google and being able to help them prospectively integrate or create one of those uh, API so that ISIMs can benefit from it as well? We are. We're, we're definitely looking at it. We're very interested in it. So so I, I do think you're right that that sort of uh, the, the next phase, I, we kind of see two next phases. One is, hey, with Google for jobs, uh, programmatic advertising is going to get a hell of a lot more interesting. And then number two, um, mining your own database, uh, particularly with, you know, what's coming out with Google, but not just Google. I, I you know, there, there, there's a war at the highest level for, you know, AI machine learning matching engines and, and Amazon will have one and Google will have one and Microsoft will have one and Watson will have one. And this will all just become PaaS componentry. And, and you'll sort of, you know, just like you choose right now, am I going AWS or Azure? You'll, You'll you'll choose which one that you're you're going to use for your, your your kind of matching engine. Um, we're big fans of Google. We really like what they've built. I mean, obviously they got a leg up because they built it for themselves, and 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 they've built it for uh, Google for Jobs. Um, but our viewpoint is yes, we will ingest APIs, and whether it's from them or. We can let the customer control. Uh, we, we see a day where you might be able to go to our marketplace and say, right, you know, what engine do you want to use uh, to turn your talent acquisition platform into a smart talent acquisition platform? Um, and we might have three or four options. And we'll say, hey, you know, Amazon, um, again, they're a customer, um, but when you can be sure that they're building things in this industry too, um, or, or Watson or Microsoft um, or Google. Uh, so it's a sorry. I don't know if that got directly to what you were asking, but but uh, we are we're very interested. So, Colin, you 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 drop some futuristic terms, and we talk a lot about that on on the podcast. What's your sort of sense of you know in five years, what does the ATS market look like? Are we looking at more consolidation? Are we looking at more growth? More people getting into this? Like, what does this space look like in fifth in five years? Uh, so I would say you know the interesting thing that that we've taken a look at. People always assume, hey, I Sims, you know, you're a recruiting platform. Uh, oh, so you, you you know you must compete with like a greenhouse, a job a lever, uh, a smart recruiters. And uh, we, we actually internally, we just don't see it that way. When we look at the data, so, so, so we can take a look at our market, the enterprise market. And, and, and when you take a look at the enterprise market, the top five players are uh, there are four HCMs and ISIMs and then in, in the majors. Uh, so what most people would call the kind of low enterprise mid-market. And then in the high end of the enterprise, it's four HCMs and ISIMs. Um, and and uh, so I, I think, you know, the, the, the point that we're trying to make is, is at the enterprise side of the market, there's a war where people are saying, like, if I value recruitment, hopefully we'll go with an ISIMs. If I don't value recruitment, we might take the throw in that our CTO has negotiated in the workday contract. Um, but uh um, so I think you'll still see this classic kind of full suite versus HCM battle. And, and I think it's just our viewpoint to out innovate them and continue to show that recruiting is just too damn important to break. It can't be the worst part of your offering. It's the front of the funnel. I mean, who cares what your payroll system is if you've got the worst recruiting software? 
Um, and, and so I think that's number one. I think the mm-hmm. second trend that you'll see and you're already seeing it is the low end of the market's going to get decimated. I mean, they, it, literally the second Google announced it, every single recruiting competitor we saw put out a press release like we're going enterprise like run uh, to the hills run to the hills it, it, it took us 10 it, it, yeah it took us 10 years to to even start to get somewhat good at the enterprise market so i don't think a press release uh necessarily should be the thing that announces it but I, I think you will see at the, there, at the low ends, there, there's just so many options. I mean, there really are. At the very low ends, you don't even need an ATS. Just go get a zip recruiter and have them blast you candidates, you know, and like put it in a spreadsheet. Um, maybe you'll get it out of your payroll company, something very basic out of a paychex, a paycom, a paylocity. Um, you'll get it out of the levers, the greenhouses, the, et cetera. Um, it really is at the high end. And so, so again, I just think you'll see this, you know, there's, there's just a myriad of offerings and many of them are free. Um, but at the high end, I still think it is a value play. You just can't afford to break recruiting if you're an enterprise organization. So speaking of the future, uh, when are you guys going to file for IPO? (laughs) 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 We get asked all the time, uh, you know, I think the beauty of our company is it's it's all organic. Um, so, so I'll give a little bit of a uh, explanation to that. We do have an investor, but the, it was all uh, liquidity secondary. So we always like to say that everything we've built in the company came from the company's money. Um, we're we're not a classic raise money, burn it as fast as you can in marketing and sales, grow as fast as you can run out of money and and then uh you, you know go public when you're out of money um we've done it all by ourselves we've never spent anyone else's money and we're very profitable and we're, we're buying companies through profitability right now so um there isn't a huge need to go out for for public market uh, money and uh, i i gotta say sometimes just being under the radar and private and thinking about the long term and it's not necessarily kind of quarterly results is just seems like the way to go right now so you're saying there's a chance (laughs) (laughs) my favorite dumb and dumber quote yeah i had to throw that one in because you are talking (laughs) yeah and dumberest so colin we we appreciate you taking all the time this morning to talk to us um, I have to say, in, in, in working with ISIM since I think like around 2004 or so, you guys have been incredibly easy to work with, probably one of the easiest organizations to work with when we're working with talent acquisition and technologies. Um, but we appreciate you coming on and sharing your story and, and definitely would love to have you again. Uh, it's been my pleasure. I'd Thanks. love to come again. Thanks, Colin. All right. It's a pleasure. Thank you, guys. Remember to visit Uncommon.co. Where the candidate model doesn't suck. Right now, Uncommon only charges $14.95 per interested and qualified candidate. Plus, if you're into volume, and I know you're into volume, there are bigger discounts. And to sweeten the deal, Uncommon allows you to create a free account and get your first five qualified and interested candidates absolutely free. Uncommon.co. Do it. Thanks to our partners at TA Tech, the Association for Talent Acquisition Solutions. Remember to visit tatech.org. This has been the Chat and Cheese Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single show. 
And be sure to check out our sponsors because they make it all possible. For more, visit chadcheese.com. Oh yeah, you're welcome. Welcome.